Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosard, as always, with my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 189 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 40 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. That we are. We had, we had a, a big week, uh, some big upsets in college football. I thought it was the most exciting college football weekend that, that I can remember, at least for this year. Um, it, it was fun. Every every stage of Saturday, man, there's a fun game, good conversation on Twitter. It, it was a really good time. Yeah, we are in the hotel room watching the Alabama-Tennessee thriller, and then uh, we got after we got back from Bourbon Street Saturday night, I was like, I'm going to finish off this uh, Southern Cal-Utah game, and it didn't disappoint either. So, yeah, it was some good games to watch. Uh, so, especially when South Carolina was off, I didn't have a dog in the hunt, Shane, so I could uh, just enjoy that college football action. I, I I had bet on Tennessee, uh, so I was at least hoping that they would keep it within that touchdown, and then they ended up getting the win. It, that that was nice. Uh, Should have bet that money line, Shane. I know. I I could I just couldn't do it, but uh, it, it it was fun. You know, Alabama. I mean, the offense played great. Bryce Young played great. The offensive line played well. Um, Tennessee, just a great game plan. It doesn't get doesn't get bigger or better than that for sure. Shane, we're going to answer questions at the end of the show tonight. If you're in the chat, uh, leave a question there and we'll answer it. Uh, on Twitter, at Draft Countdown, send us a question in. We will get to that as well. And uh, if you're a member of the Draft Countdown Discord, uh, go in there and under the podcast heading and uh, send us a question there and we will answer it tonight. If you're not a member of the Draft Countdown Discord, then we ask that you go to DraftCountdown.com in the uh, top right-hand corner of the search bar there, it's a link to join our Discord, and uh, we have some good discussions, like you said, on College Football Saturdays, NFL Sundays. A lot of us are in there. We're going back and forth about all the games that we're watching. It's a good time, Shane. Yeah, we, we have a good time there. I hope we can build up people, especially when we get into draft season. And But, but every time someone posts some questions or we have some conversations, it's been good. It has indeed. Um, anything happen to note this week? <laughs> I mean, you know, we had we had a couple injuries. It, it's it's been rough out there for some guys. So, yeah, not a whole lot happening. Uh, I think we had a minor trade. Uh, Robbie Anderson uh, basically fought his way off the Carolina Panthers and got dealt uh, for some late round picks and the, the those picks that you love, Shane. Those twenty four and twenty five picks. Yeah, I mean, it was literally like the least amount you could possibly get traded for. The, the <laughs> trade of a ham sandwich there is what uh, Robbie Anderson got dealt for. But uh, I did I did enjoy the meme. Uh, basically, we're saying DJ Moore seeing, you know, what Robbie Anderson had to do to get traded. So basically showed him being Antonio Brown last year, ripping off his jersey and leave us good stuff. Uh, so – we talked earlier. Week seven was a it was a good fun week of college football. Shane, um, I, I have a feeling I know where you're going to lead for your best offensive player this week, or at least I know what team he's going to play for. <laughs> well, you know, I got to combine them. I, I have to I have to go with Tennessee. Go with the quarterback Hendon Hooker and the wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Um, which is just incredible games from both of them. I mean, Hyatt had six catches for 207 yards and five touchdowns against Alabama. His uh, The safety that was tasked with covering him for whatever reason, one-on-one deep, uh, DeMarco Helams for Alabama. I, I, 
Not a good tape for him. He should he should uh, hope hope that that's not the tape that the NFL scouts uh, <laughs> uh, claw to. I I even felt bad putting him on my stock down list because I almost felt like it was the coach has put him just in bad position after after two touchdowns. You feel like maybe you should not let this guy just go deep one on one with a safety. But um, I, I thought Hen Hooker played extremely well. Uh, some downfield passes to Hyatt. You know, there's some middle stuff to him. Um, Hennon Hooker was running the football. He, he was really doing everything he could. Uh, you know, he had the one bad interception that was definitely a mis- mistimed throw with the receiver and a bad fumble exchange on a, you know, running play. But, I mean, other than that, I, I don't know. I, I know everyone talks about the age and he's going to be 26 or whatever when he gets drafted. But um, – to, to me, he played like a first-round pick against a defense that, let's be frank, 75% of those guys are going to play in the NFL. Uh, we are going to talk more about that uh, in a little bit, Hendon Hooker, and as it relates to your latest mock draft, we're going to get into that in just just a few uh, minutes. Um, I'm going to cheat here, Shane, and I did not pick a defensive player this week. I just I did not feel like any jumped out to me, so I also am going to double dip on offense, and I'm also going to double dip on the same team. Uh, the Utah Utes and Cam quarterback Cam Rising had a tremendous game against Southern Cal. Gutsy uh, play there at the end with the two point conversion run. Uh, Cam Rising twenty nine of forty three for four fifteen and two touchdowns passing. He carried the ball eleven times for sixty yards and three touchdowns. He had the two point, the go ahead two point conversion. He also caught a pass, Shane, for nine yards. Look at that. I mean, tremendous, tremendous effort uh, against the Trojans for Cam Rising. And of course, I have to talk about the guy you brought up, moved into your top five tight end, Shane. Uh, yeah, he's there in mine now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's uh, Utah's Dalton Kincaid. Uh, targeted 15 times. 15 catches, 217 yards and a touchdown. And he wasn't doing it all the same way. He was doing it down the scene. He was doing it on crossers. He was making tremendous catches on the sideline. Uh, and he's not a bad blocker, I don't think. So, I mean, it's like, is he? could he end up being maybe one of the top, if not the top tight end in this class when we wrap it all up? Maybe he even got hurt at one point, came back and kept catching passes, uh, which is why it wild. Just I was like, oh, well, he's he's going to be done. Like it's too much. He kept coming back. I, I think he could be tight end, too. I, it could definitely happen. He could be that tight end that sneaks into the first round even because I think he's a good athlete watching him on film. Uh, he, he can move short area and deep speed. I think workouts will be good. I mean, if he tests tremendously better than Michael Mayer, I'm not saying it can't happen. That's fair. Did you have a defensive player you like this week? I I do want to mention Emmanuel Forbes, corner from Mississippi State, who I I don't think gets enough love. uh, So maybe I'm off on him, but he he had been in my top 10 corners and and continues to be. um, Had a pick six off Will Levis in the game against Kentucky that Mississippi State lost and was the only thing really holding them together. He read a screen pass, uh, receiver screen, just jumped it. Great speed. He has five interceptions this year. Really good press cover corner. 
I, I really like Emmanuel Forbes, and so I, I, I hope he gets day two capital. I think he can be a day two pick in this draft. Yeah, I mean, he he gets tested week in, week out in the SEC. You know he's getting thrown at practice all day long. So, I mean, he's 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 battle-tested all over there. So, it uh, Emmanuel Forbes, a name to keep an eye on uh, going forward as, as we get further and further along in this draft process. He's going to get tested again this week uh, as well <laughs> against uh, – Pissed off Alabama. So <laughs> we'll see. Shane, uh, your latest mock draft for 2023 came out on Monday. Another seven-round affair. Uh, our buddy Denny over at uh, NFL Mock Draft Database said this was your 11th mock draft in this cycle. I mean, it's got to be the most, right? I, I just – it's got to be the most. So, but I, that's also not just 2023, of course. That's 2024, 2025 as well, of yeah. which you have the only ones. <laughs> <laughs> 2024, 2025. But, Shane, uh, I thought it would be nice uh, to kind of look through your mock draft um, and, and just kind of see where you were at with some of your thinking here. I want to start – I mean, we have to start with quarterbacks. Um Four quarterbacks in round one. Uh, C.J. Stroud, number one overall to Carolina. I think we can agree on that. That's probably there. Bryce Young, you had him going to Detroit at three. I went with Will Levis uh, last week because I think, you know, the current Detroit regime might like that bigger guy. Uh, And you had Will Levis going to Seattle at five. Um but we talked earlier about Hendon Hooker, so I'm going to talk about him now. Uh, you have him going 24th overall in round one uh, to the New York Giants. Uh, we mentioned his age. Uh, if they do indeed, because Daniel Jones is a technically a free agent at the end of this year, they uh, did not pick up his fifth-year option. So if they take Hendon Hooker to, say, replace Daniel Jones, they are replacing Daniel Jones with a quarterback that will be older than he is. That's true. That's true. Um, so, why hook, Hooker there to the Giants and the first round? Look, I, I think the Giants at this point are in a position where they're they're winning games. They're a good football team, well coached, and they're going to have that glaring hole quarterback. I think it is something holding them back. Not that Daniel Jones has been awful. I think he'll be a starter somewhere next year. Um, but you know, my thing with the age with Hendon Hooker is if you think he's a franchise quarterback then and he's ready to go then the age doesn't matter too much yeah if you think he needs three years of development well you're not taking him in the first three rounds anyway um so that's why i think he could still he can be a back end of the first round type of pick to a team that's set up for success i think with giants invested receiver which i imagine they will I, then i do like that that fit um for him with the Giants and, uh, you know, a, a coach and, and Brian Dable who knows how to use a quarterback that can move a little bit um, and has a decent arm and has come from a wonky system. So I, I think Kenan Hooker is going to be in that top 50. Um, I, I think he's a first-round pick. I'm not sure if the NFL will knock him for that age or not. Um, but quarterback play right now a- analytically is so good, better than it's ever been. There's so many quarterbacks just blowing the doors off the numbers that you have to expect we're going to start seeing three, four, five quarterbacks in the first round moving forward for the next few years. 
Um, we talked about it before we went on the air. Um, we'll mention why, but I, I think this quarterback class is a bit better depth-wise than it was a year ago, and uh, we're going to see some of that bear out here in the next few months. Um, four wide receivers in round one. Uh, three of them kind of not really a surprise. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, Jordan Addison, and Quint, Quentin Johnston from TCU. But one name not in the re- first round and one name that is. Rasheed Rice uh, comes in at 24th overall – I'm sorry, 20, 23rd overall to Dallas – uh, in round one, but no Kayshawn Butte. So for me, I think Rasheed Rice, and he's someone that I know you, Brian, you're a big fan of, and you've talked up. You were kind of on him, and Nino came on. He was kind of on him. I, I was kind of the last guy, I think, of, of the bunch here. But productive, every time you watch Rasheed Rice, he's getting separation. I think he is that kind of G5 wide receiver that tends to rise up boards, goes to the senior bowl, has a good week, stuff. Christian Watson uh, as a small school guy this past year. Keyshawn Boutte had a good game this past week. First time LSU was actually throwing the football. Looked good. Um, But I I think NFL team is going to be a little bit turned off, which is the lack of production this year and last year. If there is any type of, you know, attitude, I don't know. You know, that's one of those things I don't really evaluate. Um, I think he could be George Pickens-like fall to the second round, be a really talented receiver that gets drafted in the second and ends up being a starter his rookie year. I think you're, I think you're muted there, Brian. Okay, there we go. I do have to ask about our uh, draft countdown cover boy, uh, Nolan Smith, one of the four guys on our banner. Uh, but Shane, he uh, all the way down at 20 to the Colts. Uh, he's definitely not producing this year, that's for sure. But really nobody on the Georgia defense is. It's been, it's been weird. Uh, and I think Nolan Smith still could be a, a top 15 pick, top 10 pick. Um, he is leading the team in sacks with three. He got one against Vanderbilt, starting to kind of pick it back up. I feel like they're starting to use him back in his role that he was doing last year when he was so successful and so good. Uh, I, I just feel like edge-wise, team, I think teams are going to like Miles Murphy from Clemson, who has both production and the assets. I think someone like Isaiah Foskey, who's done it for a long time, Nolan Smith really getting – his, you know, two years of starting experience in a defense that, um, you know, it's pretty good. I, I still think he's going to be a top 20 guy, but uh, I want to kind of play around with him falling a little bit because I, I don't feel like he's locked in as the second edge after Will Anderson. Um, you have two other edges going in the first round after him. Uh, Drew Sanders from Arkansas, I believe this, he's, this is his first appearance in a first round of either of our mock drafts and uh, you have Andre Carter from army who I've had in uh, my mock draft in the first round. So six edge guys. Um, who are you, who are the toughest teams for you right now to place players with here in this first round simulation? Who, what, what teams are, are, are giving you the uh, toughest time? Yeah. I'll tell you a team that's giving me a tough time is the Packers because 
I feel like the areas they addressed in the draft this past year still aren't good. Like they still need a receiver, right? But are they really going to draft another receiver in the first round? You know, is that going to happen? I think the defense is good, but not great and isn't really coming together. You know, what happens if Aaron Rodgers retires? Is like Jordan Love the guy? Are they are they looking at quarterback? I, I think there's so much wrapped up in the Packers that you can almost skip any position. Uh, and sometimes that's the toughest thing because none of them feel great uh, ultimately with that. So, so they've been tough. Um, I actually think Seattle was tough. You know, outside of quarterback, they're pretty good. Like they're pretty good. We're going to see Tariq Woolen who you saw down at the Senior Bowl from UTSA, he, he is probably leading the Defensive Rookie of the Year race right now with all the interceptions that he has and like 32 passer rating against him. So like corner to me is a big, still a big need. They don't really have much past him. He was a fifth round pick, uh, but I don't know. They don't really need it. They addressed offensive tackle. They're, they're looking pretty good there. They have weapons on the offense. Um maybe pass rusher, but I think they have some guys that have been highly drafted. So Seattle's always a weird team to me to, to mock for, and they have a lot of picks. So, so it's like, you know, what they don't, they don't have a bunch of needs. Um, kind of like Philly. It, it gets tough with these teams with more picks, but not a lot of needs. Um, Seattle in their corner. They also drafted Kobe Bryant for Cincinnati last year. He's doing a very good job in the nickel uh, for them. Uh, my only can, I don't have a problem with the corner selection as much. And I like, I love Clark Phillips, but he does not uh, really fit that uh, Seattle corner mold, you know, at, at five ten and whatever that, 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 that's not the, uh, not, not their stereotypical outside corner. It's just funny. Cause they went away from that. And then they like went back to it this past season. And, it's and, and they're with, yeah. and they're <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, their defense is the worst in the league, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> Nino's wanted to know what's in store for his Patriots. Uh, well, I mean, right now they're picking where 14th, and you got them going Quentin Johnston, the big wide receiver from TCU. That that would be a that'd be fun for Bailey Zappi to throw to next year, right? He's there. <laughs> wow, just benching Mac Jones over here. Uh, I, I think that Tyquan Thornton looked good this past week. Finally got a shot, had two touchdowns. Um, Jacoby Myers is fine, but they, they need more weapons if they want to have a passing game. I'd love to see Quentin Johnston be the number one, let Tyquan Thornton go deep, and uh, I think that would be super, super intriguing. Um, I'm sure the Patriots will draft something, draft a defensive lineman or something boring instead. But, you know, for once, they, they got to get some offensive weapons on that team. Quentin Johnson's built like a former Patriots receiver. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Uh, yeah, don't, don't don't go that far. But, but he is built similarly in that regard. Uh, last thing on your mock draft, Shane. Uh, you went seven rounds here, as you always do. Uh, but there's only 31 spots in this year's first round. Who outside of the first round – do you have the complete utter confidence in to say that guy's going to be moving on up into the first round going forward? Oh yeah, that, that, that's tough. I'll say the one guy that I left off that, you know, I was kind of planning and I put pick 32 names that I wanted to include because, and I was like, Oh wait, I got to take one off 
was Antonio Johnson, the safety from Texas A&M. I, I don't have a safety in the first round, which seems asinine to do. Like a safety is going to go in the first round. I, I think I'm just, just having trouble is who who is that guy. I think Johnson has the most versatility to be a weapon, to be a, a first-round safety. We're going to talk more about him in a little bit because I do have questions about uh, that particular player. Uh, anything you want to add about uh, your mock draft process this time? No, I, I, I hope people enjoy it. Um, I definitely think we're going to see a, a lot of skilled players get drafted quarterback um, as you and I, you know, and you, you kind of alluded to earlier, I think it's a good quarterback class. If they all come out. I think we have a lot of good running backs, no matter what, it's going to be a big running back group. So sometimes that gets weird in a mock draft because you have teams take running back that we don't expect to every year. It's going to happen. And so like when I mock it, people get angry, but that's what happens. Teams take running backs that Denver taken the Devin a chain in the third round, you know, it's going to happen. Some teams like that are going to draft, Teams need two running backs. Some of them need three running backs. That's just how the NFL works now. Yeah, I, I don't like I, – I don't, definitely don't like mocking running backs in the first round, but I do it because, like you said, it's it's going to happen, especially this year when you have guys like Bijan and Jameer Gibbs who are super talented, Sean Tucker, you know, guys like that. Um, Nino's talking about Quindell Johnson from Memphis. We are going to talk about some Memphis here in a little bit. I don't know if we were going to talk about Quindell Johnson, but uh, safeties, we're going to we're going to do our top five safeties probably three weeks uh, from today. We'll do offensive line next week uh, and then corners and then safeties, and we'll wrap that up. Uh, we just wanted to break on that tonight. We want to talk about Shane's mock draft a little bit as far as positional breakdowns. But without further ado, Shane, uh, we've talked about talking about all these uh, other games coming up. It is week eight, 17 games uh, for us this week, nine for you, eight for me, including one going on right now on ESPN2. Uh, Georgia State is at Appalachian State. And um, it's like I think Georgia State is ahead starting the second half here. But a couple of guys in this game that I really want to see, and I've already seen him rip off a big run, is uh, App State running back Cameron Peoples. That uh, thought he might not play tonight, but uh, he did, and he is playing really well. Uh, Georgia State has a couple of running backs uh, on our watch list, including Jamias Williams, a former corner from South Carolina, and Tucker Gregg, their running back. So uh, some some good some good players to watch in this game. Uh, defensively, I think uh, it was a linebacker Nick. Uh, Nick Her is it Nick Hampton is the yeah which one Nick Hampton is the the really good player from App State yeah it kind of he rushes off the edge outside backer he's really good and uh check out uh, Quavian White the corner from Georgia State big long physical at the line uh, I, I think he's had a really good year when I've watched him so it, it's Georgia State's a fun team this year as is App State as we've seen so. Sunbelt is wild, man, especially that Sunbelt East division. It's crazy right now, uh, which, I mean, I'm talking about the Sunbelt every weekend now, so I'm watching a fair amount of their conference, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, another Sunbelt game I'll be watching this week is tomorrow night, 6.30 on ESPNU, is the battle for the belt. Troy at South Alabama. And, uh, well, Shane, I guess I'll be watching center Jake Andrews from Troy. You wrote him up this week. Uh, Jim Nagy's tweeting about him. 
Um, so, yeah, going to have to watch this guy and see how he does against South Alabama, uh, which the Jaguars have. Daryl Luter Jr., their big, long corner, uh, who's a stud, doesn't give up much in the air. And uh, Troy got a couple players that I like as well, including third-year wide receiver Tez Johnson and their big linebacker Carlton Marshall. I hope I hope you like Jake Andrews. Hopefully I'm spot on because he impressed me against Texas State. He was making holes and moving guys. I mean, he is technically sound, tough. Uh, so Tro- Troy could have a couple guys drafted this year. It'd be pretty wild. Uh, Friday? Yes, Friday night, 6 p.m. on ESPNU. Shane, uh, you're going to the Ivy. And what this is going to be a trend this week, folks, is uh, Shane yeah. has decided to uh, – the, this week would be catch-up week on FCS schools, but uh, Princeton at Harvard, and um, I hope you get a more productive performance from Andre Iasivis than I got, as he only caught three balls for 39 yards uh, last week against that notoriously stout Brown defense. <laughs> but uh, I also hope you get to see Uche and Duque. He did not play uh, last week, so I don't know if he's – if it's a season injury for him, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Couldn't really find a whole lot out about it. Uh, but you added another Harvard player to our watch list and that's their corner, Alex Washington, fourth year player, as well as their third year defensive lineman, Thor Griffith. So four Ivy league prospects in one game, Shane. Well, it's just exciting. And yeah, not, not a lot of news out there about the Ivy league football to find out injury updates or, you know, have that happen. But uh, I'm excited to see Andrea Sivas, hopefully against Alex Washington uh, from Harvard. I think both of those players have an NFL future. I think Sivas has a day two chance. Um, Washington probably will at least get into a camp. He's another like bigger physical corner. Thor Griffith, I mean, I, I doubt we're going to have an early declare from Harvard here, but an, an interesting player uh, down the line for sure. Yeah, um, not a whole lot of wire sites or uh, rivals or 24-7 sites dedicated to the Ivy League football, so we can't really get all that beat information from there. Uh, Friday night, Shane, you go to Conference USA for this one, 7 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network. I was going to take this one if you didn't. Uh, UAB at Western Kentucky and Austin Reed, their quarterback for Western Kentucky, has come up from D2 West Florida. And uh, been a stud uh, so far for the Hilltoppers. Uh, I mentioned earlier this season, I like their big, long corner, Kalef Hylasey. And uh, Dwayne McBride, running back UAB, uh, pretty good. Yeah, 30-year player could declare from UAB. It would be a day-two pick. And Dwayne McBride's been super productive. So I'm interested to see if they rely on the run. Western Kentucky, a passing team. I like David Davis, their receiver. A uh, pretty good player has been their number one this year. So it's it's um, you know, two teams with, with I think, a, a lot of players. Sidney Wells, the offensive tackle from UAB. Sterling Thomas, the corner. Um, I think a lot of guys that will get into camps and be involved in the NFL. Yeah, Nino giving us some play-by-play here. Nick Hampton, a sack and a forced fumble just now for App State. So, uh there he goes. Um, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. on the Big Ten Network, I have decided that this was the week to watch Rutgers. And uh, Good for you. <laughs> as they play Indiana, 
there's some solid players in this country. Like I said, I've watched Indiana already. I, I like their corner, Taiwan Mullen. Uh, they've got s- some other solid players, receiver DJ Matthews. Connor Basilek actually played better uh, than he did at Missouri last season in the one game I watched anyway uh, for Indiana. Uh, we have four Rutgers wide receivers. You wouldn't know it uh, on our watch list because <laughs> they had no quarterback to get them the football. Their best prospect is probably their punter, Adam Corsick. If well, I'm sorry, Avery Young's their best prospect, but their corner. But uh, it's 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 a mess up there uh, offensively. So Avery Young, the the guy, the two corners here, are the best two players in this game. And, and the but the buzz for Avery Young is just not there. Uh, I, I still like him. He had an interception against CJ uh, CJ Stroud, Ohio State. Um, if they just play him out of position, they play more safety looks because they don't have anyone to cover deep that can run with anybody. And so it scares me for Avery Young's draft stock. I'm interested to see what you see uh, with him this week because I'm I still like him and I keep moving him down the list because he just doesn't look great because he's not doing what he should be doing. Uh, speaking of CJ Stroud, uh, 11 a.m. on Fox, big noon kickoff, Iowa at Iowa at Ohio State. Um, this offensively seems like it's going to be a mismatch here with the uh, two quarterbacks. You have one who is potentially the number one overall pick uh, in the NFL draft, and one who probably shouldn't be drafted in the uh, XFL draft. So. Ouch. Spencer Petrus. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, you're not wrong. Um, obviously, obviously, I'm an Ohio State alumni. So I think it's going to be an interesting game because I think Iowa's defense is really good. Jack Campbell, their linebacker, potential first rounder. Kayvon Merriweather, their safety, tough tackler, can play the ball. Um, Riley Moss, you know, he was, he had a senior bowl invite last year. He got hurt and he ended up, he, Ended up at the last second going back to school. So, like, Iowa has some good players, just not on offense. Uh, their punter, Tory Taylor, is really good. Um, and, and Ohio State obviously has a lot of players. I think Paris Johnson is play, playing up to his skill set this season. Um, absolutely. And so I'm interested to see that offensive line gel. Dewan Jones, is he going to move up the right tackle for them? And kind of a name out of the radar, Cade Stover, the tight end for Ohio State, I think is going to be moving up uh, and might be, you know, might be a good all-star game candidate who improves his stock uh, during draft season. Speaking of uh, players we haven't talked a whole lot about from Ohio State, uh, our partner Brad Menendez has got a linebacker column coming out tomorrow, and he's going to be talking about one from Ohio State, Tommy Eichenberg, uh, in his column tomorrow. So. Everybody check that out. Uh, Shane, back to that FCS uh, gold mine for you here. 1230 on ESPN Plus. Furman at VMI. We have two players in this game. One for Furman, one for VMI. Ryan Miller, the tight end for the Paladins. And Stone Snyder, a linebacker for the Keydets. Yeah, Ryan Miller is an intriguing H-back, fullback, tight end hybrid who I think could have a shot at sneaking into the back end of the draft, seventh round pick, one of those types, developmental practice squad guy. Um, Stone Snyder, I I have not watched at all, uh, so I'm interested to see him as kind of a a bigger tackling linebacker. Um, But yeah, yeah, this was a good, small. when I looked at our list, I was like, this is some good small school 
weeks here. And, and Ryan Miller is a guy I really wanted to target um, and get that kind of on, on film on the site. Not a whole lot of podcast draft podcasts out there talking about Furman and VMI. Just the same. same. Yeah. Uh, 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus, Shane. Weaver State at Montana State. And I know why you picked this game, Shane. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in the Superdome, and I see Rashid Shaheen for the Saints, a guy who I'd never heard of until he literally took a handoff and ran it 45 yards on an end around for a touchdown. Uh, scores. Shane tweets out, I watched 159 wide receivers last year. Rashid Shaheen was not one of them. You will not be making a mistake again missing out on a Weber State player, Shane. No, no. I, I'm not going to do it. I don't know if Josh Davis or running back is worth anything, but we're going to find out in this game at the very least. And, and Montana State has a couple decent prospects. They're running back um, Isaiah Fonsi and their quarterback Sean Chambers even could okay. get could get so, drafted, so we'll see. I remember watching him last year. Uh, Memphis at Tulane, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Nino asking about uh, Quindell Johnson, the safety for Memphis. So uh, this is my first uh, first look at them this year. So anxious to get a look at that. It is not my first look at Tulane, but it will be my first look at their quarterback, Michael Pratt, this season, who did not get to play the other game that I watched, and I fell in love with Tajay Spears, their running back, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he, he's he's fast. Tulane has some uh, – just a good team, you know, a good, solid team for Tulane. Uh, Memphis, hopefully Quindell Johnson plays. He was hurt last week. Um, you know, so hopefully he plays. He didn't play against ECU, but it looked like he was kind of close. But he is a very good prospect, you know, cued me into him. Um, and their other safety, Rodney Owens, is pretty good too. They have a good kind of safety trio that they rotate there with Tyler Murray as well. I love the linebacker uh, pair of Tulane with uh, Dorian Williams and uh, Nick Anderson. I love, the, love those guys. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on Big Ten Network, Shane. You'll be watching Northwestern at Maryland. Um, Peter Skaronsky is the uh, probably the big prize in this game for Northwestern for sure. Um, is, is Holinsky still playing? Is that still a thing, or have we given up on that? I'm not sure. <laughs> Does it matter who's playing quarterback in Northwestern? Like, are they uh, going to do that? That, that? that gives me an opportunity here because we kind of talked about him a little bit last year. Have you seen any more this season to think that Talia Tungavailoa has an NFL future? I think he's gotten better. You know, I, I don't think he'll be in this draft. Uh, I think he'll probably go back and continue doing what he's done at Maryland. It wouldn't even surprise me if we see Rakeem Jarrett, this receiver, who I think is a top 100 guy, go back with him. Um, he just he just doesn't have that kind of polished ball placement that his brother did. So I, I, I'm not there, but like it, it could happen. He could be that Kenny Pickett. You know, I think I think if if he wins a couple big games, they had beaten Michigan. Maybe we're talking about him more. Um, so it's interesting for him. I, I'm, I'm not there yet. That's why I want to see this game. Northwestern's an easier opponent. Um, Ryan Holinsky is still playing quarterback for them, so I'm excited for that. Um, but I, I do like Northwestern, uh, their edge rusher, uh, at a Tumua, at a Bowari. Close enough. I don't know. I, I may miss it. But I like, I like what I saw from him. 
trying to do everything on his own out there. Um, the Maryland Maryland has a lot of prospects this year. Jacorian Bennett, their corner, and Chad Ryland, their kicker, is probably a top two kicker in the draft potential drafting guy. Um, you mentioned Raheem Jarrett potentially going back. I, I I don't know if he's even eligible to go back, but if he is, I hope Dante Demas goes back because whatever happened, whatever he was last year after the injury, he's definitely not that this year. And I don't know if he needs another year of maybe rehab, working out to try to build, but I hate that because I love that kid as a prospect last season. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on CBS, undefeated Mississippi, heading to Baton Rouge to play LSU, who uh, they're not playing bad right now. Uh, beat Florida last week. Um. So, anxious to see what happens here. Uh, playing better is quarterback Jaden Daniels of late, uh, trying to rehab something there. You mentioned Kayshawn Booty, Booty last week, uh, actually, you know, coming alive a little bit. And uh, so, anxious to see those LSU guys. Ole Miss has completely transformed into a running team this year, uh, <laughs> despite, you know, Lane Kiffin being the head coach and all. Um, and they have one draft eligible running back that's been playing. I don't know if is is Ulysses Bentley hurt or is he just not doing anything? He got beat out by the true freshman. Quinshawn Judkins is leading the team in rushing over so, Zach Evans. So Zach Evans is good. Jackson Dart is even, you know, running the ball well. Not draft eligible, I don't believe. Uh, Jonathan Mingo is. Uh, he's been their best receiver this year. So my first look at, at, at uh, Ole Miss this year. So anxious. Yeah. Look, they're, they're a good team. We've talked about their offensive line before. Um, Jeremy James and Nick Broker, man, are they're, they're, they're making things happen on the inside for that run game. LSU, it feels really disjointed, but I like Jay Ward, their safety. Um, you know, I, 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 I think John Emery Jr., their running back, former five-star guy, is starting to put it together. I wonder if he declares um, and maybe has a shot at being a day three pick that could do something in the NFL. Um, I, I could see any scenario where he gets out of school as quickly as he can would probably be in Mr. Emery's best interest, if we're going to be honest. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on ABC, I'll be watching Texas at Oklahoma State. Uh, another look for me at their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, who uh, has come on as a legitimate NFL draft prospect this season. Uh, Tyler Lacey, uh, I feel like I started the buzz, but he's uh, his name is picking up momentum here in recent weeks as well. And Texas, well, they've got their guys. B. John Robinson, uh, we talked about him a lot. Marvion Overshawn, we've talked about him a lot. Um, so, and Keadre Coburn, their defensive lineman, another guy we've talked about. Moroa Jomo, we've talked about. So, a lot of good players to watch in this football game. Yeah, I think both those defensive linemen for Texas get drafted. I even think Tavondre Sweat, their, their third defensive tackle, gets drafted. That's how good Texas is up front. Why? What? That's kept them in games. I think they're starting to pick it up. But Oklahoma State's good. You know, what? one guy for Oklahoma State, like three years ago, I was like, man, this guy's going to be 
good. And then he just did nothing. It was wide receiver Braden Johnson. And he's finally come back. He's kind of been their number one when he's played this year. So I wonder if it loops back around to me being like, oh, I was wrong. And then maybe <laughs> just because of six years of eligibility now, you know, it could come back and he could be could be an NFL guy at a camp. Uh, their other wide receiver, Brennan Presley, electric. Uh, put the ball in his hands, that guy. Uh, 2.30 p.m., uh, I wasn't going to do this game, but you decided not to, so I was like, somebody has to, uh, on Fox. UCLA at Oregon, and I feel like I'm with UCLA now what you were with Oregon State. I feel like I'm watching them every week now. <laughs> but uh, they've, they've got a lot of good players on their football team, and we've talked about Zach Charbonnet. We've talked earlier about Jake Bobo. Uh, Stephen Blaylock, I think, is one of the better nickels in this class. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I think, has a chance to end up as a top 100 pick. I know you don't, but I, I think that he could get in that conversation. Oregon, a lot of good players. None of them are named Bo Nix, but they do have a lot of good players on their team. I talked hey, about he's, he's playing all right, you know. Still bad. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about Brandon Dorless uh, on the podcast uh, we haven't talked a lot about Christian Gonzalez, their corner. I know uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic is a huge fan of his. I think he may actually have him in the top 15 overall prospects uh, on his rankings. So I think that's a guy I definitely need to to focus solely on a lot in this game. Uh, anybody else we from these two teams we haven't talked about enough? No, I mean, I, I think we've talked about a lot of them. Jake Bobo, the UCLA receivers, really moving up boards. Um, and uh, I've mentioned their edge rushers, Grayson Murphy and Leatu Latu, uh, both both really impressed me this year for UCLA. Uh, 3 p.m. on ESPN Plus, Shane. Uh, South Dakota State at North Dakota. I feel like last week would have been the game you should have watched South Dakota State, right? Well, against North Dakota State, I, I recorded. I recorded it, uh, so I'll, I'll be watching that at some point too. But uh, Tucker Craft came back. Is it this week or did he come back last week? He he has not come back yet. So I think he's coming back this week. I do. See, believe that, I that would be that'd be nice. I mean, then then it was worth waiting so. for. Um, so, but we uh, they have a couple of other prospects. I know you're a big fan of Isaiah Davis. Uh, we don't think he's going to enter this draft class, but. Uh, the third-year player, and uh, their offensive tackle, Garrett Greenfield, I think is uh, – he might be one of them sneaky senior bowl guys, Shane, uh, to look out for. And only one prospect uh, we have listed for the uh, North Dakota team, and that's offensive tackle Donnie Ventrelli. Um, I guess hopefully you watch him and get wild like I did with the one game I watched with Matt Well, let's go last year. And they ended up being a fifth-round pick. So maybe Donnie Ventrelli can can get your eye like that this week, Shane. Well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I feel like Garrett Greenfield's probably going to be that offensive tackle in this group. But uh, South Dakota State's Zach Haynes, their tight end, also probably going to be in a camp. Um, Jackson Janke, one of their receivers, with uh, with his twin brother, Jaden Janke. Um, I think Jackson's probably the better NFL prospect, maybe potential squeeze into the draft. So. South Dakota State, some some powerhouse offensive players here. There you go. Uh, back to big school football for you, Shane. 6.30 p.m. on ABC, Minnesota at Penn State. And, Shane, I'm going to ask you the tough question here. Who is the better NFL draft quarterback prospect? Is it Tanner Morgan <laughs> or is it Sean Clifford? 
Oh, man. I, I think it's Tanner Morgan. I think Tanner Morgan is a little bit better. We'll see if he plays in this game. He got hurt last week. Um, so we might see Athen Kalamalakis, uh quarterback Minnesota instead. But I think Tanner Morgan's a little sharper. He's I don't, I don't he's probably not even going to try to go to the NFL, but we'll see. Uh, Drew Hours should probably start playing for Penn State as well. Um, they're, they're, God, he is so bad. Uh, he, like he made some throws against Michigan, but Sean Clifford just can't he can't put it together. But Penn State's got some defenders as they always do. Yeah. Uh, Six thirty p.m. on the SEC Network. Um, yeah, I was going to watch this anyway, so I might as well write about it. Yeah, uh, Texas A&M and South Carolina here, and I don't know. Maybe Jaheim Bell is going to actually get thrown the ball. They've had a they've had a week off now to think about the game plan to throw the ball to Jaheim Bell. Hopefully, uh, Marshawn Lloyd, Shane, you were you were all about this guy before his knee injury. He's He's back, and I, I I love watching this kid play. And he's not quite on that. I love watching him as much as I did Marshawn Lattimore, but it's close. He's getting there, and uh, great great uh, great player there. Texas A and M. We we talked a bit about it earlier, so. I see him a lot as amongst the top safety prospects. Tell me what I need to see uh, with Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M safety. Well, yeah, I think he's one of the best at um, getting in the box and just like wrap up tackler. I don't know if I've watched him throughout his college career, uh, anyone break an Antonio Johnson tackle. You know, I mean, he, he brings you down. He is so sharp at reading and reacting to the run and stopping those short passes you know, if you throw short on third down against Texas A&M, you're going to get stopped. I think that's something he's really good at. Is that a first round pick? I don't know if that's a talent pool, but I think he's athletic enough. And um, as an in the box safety, I don't think he can get much better than Antonio Johnson. Uh, don't sleep on Jordan Birch, former five star uh, edge rusher for South Carolina. He's starting to uh, starting to play really well, uh, getting better each and every week. Uh, could be a factor by the end of the season if he were to come out. Uh, final game for us this week, Shane. ESPN 2, 10 p.m. kickoff. That's late. Montana at Sacramento State. That's got to be the first mention of Sacramento State on this podcast. Well, we got three guys on our list, and one was in uh, an article I wrote uh, a couple weeks back. I think it is the first mention <laughs> on the podcast. I'm sorry, Montana at Montana – I'm a dummy. I've got Montana State players on this. Oh, I'm gonna go back and edit that, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, talk about those Sacramento State players while I look up who we have on Montana because I have made a grave error. No, it's fine. Um, Marte Mapu, their safety is the guy I like from Sacramento State. Um, really big, rangy safety. It's not a great small school safety class. He's probably my top safety right now from a small school. Um, but, but yeah, there are definitely some Montana players that I like in this Justin game. Ford, the Justin corner, corner. Yeah. he's he's kind of been talked about, I think, for a while as a potential NFL player. And um, Patrick O'Connell, their linebacker, 
is someone that I haven't watched yet and really want to watch. So I thought 10 p.m. Stay up late. Watch some some Montana Sacramento State. It's on, it's on ESPN. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I won't be staying up that late to, uh, to see its conclusion. But uh, so, yeah, that's going to do it for our uh, preview of looking ahead to week eight. But that's not the only week eight we're going to talk about, Shane. It's now time to make that money. For everybody out there watching, and uh, it's been a good good year so far, Brian. Been a good year, five, two, and one for both of us here, Shane. And I'm gonna start here. And the Sun Belt has been kind to me, Shane. Sun Belt has been kind, so I'm gonna stay there in the Sun Belt Conference. I'm going to take at home. The old Dominion Monarchs coming off that shellacking they gave Coastal Carolina, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Georgia Southern. I am going to take the Monarchs, Ricky Ronnie's team here. Two-and-a-half points, lock of the week, Old Dominion. Old Dominion lock of the week, I like it. I'm going a little more high-profile, one of the games you're you're watching this week. Um, I'm taking UCLA, plus six-and-a-half at Oregon. It's always tough taking a road team. But I just think UCLA is is more talented than Oregon is from top to bottom. Not to bash Bo Nix more, but I do think Bo Nix is prone to mistakes. UCLA is a good pass rush. They can get to him. Dorian Thompson-Robinson's playing really well. I, it'd be nice if the number was seven. I'd feel a little more comfortable. But I think UCLA could win this outright, uh, even on the road. I like it. So, yeah, uh, you'd be making a, making a fair amount of money. You'd be way ahead right now, Shane, if you were betting on each – Every all of our picks every week. Yeah, yeah. Well ahead. Well ahead. Uh, we've got several questions in the Discord, and we've got a couple in the chat here. I don't believe we got any on Twitter. But we'll start with the ones in the chat here, and let's get to uh, Mike's question here. Mike says, where's Quentin Johnson from TCU going uh, top 20? Uh, you had him going 14 in your latest mock draft to New England. Uh, can he climb higher? I think he can. I mean, we're starting to see TCU utilize him. Uh, I, I know Mike's a big Kansas fan in that game against TCU's where Quint, you know, Quinn Johnson kind of broke back out after doing nothing. Um, but he he's going to run really fast. He's really tall. You know, he can move. Like, if this keeps up, I think he could compete with Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba to be the top receiver in this class even. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nino's got a, another TCU-related question. Uh, he wants to know if you think Max Dugan can outperform Adrian Martinez. I cannot believe we're talking about Max Dugan <laughs> outdoing Adrian Martinez in a relevant game. But here we are to keep the hope of Big 12 title alive and grab that W for TCU. Yeah, look, um, I, I, I'm in a college football just poll, just pick the winner. I'm picking TCU. I think, I think Max Dugan – there, there's some problems, you know, with Max Dugan throwing the football clearly, but he can move. The offense is built really, really well for TCU. So I, I do think they win this game. I think Kansas State, they beat Oklahoma, but I can't trust Adrian Martinez uh, too, too much. Deuce Vaughn, though, I can't, I can't trust him. Uh, Nino also asks, uh, will Tulane continue their success this season and beat Memphis to stay in the top 25? I think yes. Tulane, Tulane's wild. 
Uh, How did they lose oh, to Southern Miss? No offense, Dwayne, if you're listening. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you I'm know, sorry. Dwayne's going to listen later. He's going to come at you for that. But how did how did they lose to Southern Mississippi? I uh, I, I ain't quite figured that one out yet. But I, I think Tulane, uh, big time offense uh, with Pratt and Spears and their guys. I think I think they beat Memphis this week. I, I'm going to go the other way. I think I think Memphis takes it. You know, I think I, Tulane does have. I, I love the guys you talked about, but. Um, I mean, they haven't, you know, they, they scored a ton against USF, but I actually like Memphis's defense a little bit more. We'll see how it goes. You don't ever think about defense when you think about any of these these games <laughs> in the American. That's, that is true. Uh, UCLA and Oregon, top 10 battle this week. Uh, does he say that Bo Nix is his guy? Look. Am I reading that right? Nino, he, is that he, true? Bo Nix you know, is Nino, your guy? Bo Nix needs some support out there. So, Anyway, uh, will DTR outduel Bo Nix and the Ducks? And if the Ducks win out this season, can they win the Pac-12 and have a college ball playoff chance? If they win out, yes, they'll obviously win the Pac-12 because they will have won out, you know, whatever. I don't think if the, if Oregon wins out, unless there's some multiple one-loss Power Five conference teams. I don't think Oregon's in the playoff with one loss, even if that one loss is to Georgia. It was just so bad to Georgia that I think it gets tough to put yeah. them in. Um, maybe, like maybe if they win out, they have a right. shot. Man, one loss, Alabama is in. Um, I think if then one loss, Georgia, would yes, have to be would have to be in. Also, if Tennessee's one loss is to Georgia, but they, but Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game, I think one loss Tennessee is in over Oregon. Well, then Tennessee would be going to the. Oh, yeah, no, I, guess, no, I guess they that's, lost that's to right. Georgia. Yes, they lost to Georgia. Yeah, see, that <laughs> that'd be wild because Tennessee three, wouldn't be a conference. You can't have champion. three SEC teams, right? You're right. No, no, no. Alabama would be out at that point if they lost to Georgia because they would have two losses. Yeah, I guess that's true. So you're saying if if Tennessee um, loses to Georgia, and then Georgia loses Beats to Alabama. Alabama, loses to Alabama. Oh, if Georgia loses to Alabama, then you have three one loss SEC, loss SEC teams. teams. And this is none of this is factoring in Ole Miss. Right. So we're, we'll we're, we're going to forget about them. So. That's all three interesting, make it? right? Do all three make it. Like, I mean. I'm not ruling that out either because in that scenario, Ohio State or Michigan is undefeated, right? Right. I think we will count that. So Clemson, undefeated Clemson, I think, their schedule is not good, right? And they have wouldn't have beaten anybody of note. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's But true. they have the name Clemson helps them. They, they be, they'll be wake, they'll be – Top 15 Syracuse would be nice. I'm going to be honest. I don't even think, let's say, if UCLA were to finish undefeated, I don't think they get in over any of the three one in that scenario, a three one, any of the three one loss SEC teams. They have to. Like, they can't take their undefeated schedule was awful. You can't. They played Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, who they should have lost to, and some other chump stain. No, that, no, they only played three conference, not conference. Anyway. So it doesn't matter. I, I, I honestly, I, I could see it. 
can you you can keep out a power five undefeated yes. team? Like there's no if they if they yeah, UCLA beats Oregon, UCLA beats in, Oregon they, and USC and wins the Pac twelve, they're in. They rush through that expanded playoff next year if that happens. <laughs> oh man, it, it could be fun. Luckily, as we've learned in college football, everyone's gonna lose. None of that will happen. Yeah, right. this, it'll be all madness and everything we talked about may be over by this time next week. Oregon <laughs> will beat UCLA and yeah. Clemson Bro. will lose to Syracuse. And then we have to start talking about Syracuse, and it's <laughs> like nobody wants to do that. Sean Tucker, that's your guy, man. I do love Sean Tucker. Um, but yeah, all right. Let's 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 wrap this thing up. We're we're getting silly now. Uh if you're following us on YouTube, uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you get notified anytime we go live uh, on our channel here. Uh, if you listen to the audio version of this podcast, uh, go to Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a good review and all that. Please follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And for all of your NFL draft needs, including Shane's um, – latest mock draft and some cool senior bowl stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. That's right. Never too early to start talking about senior bowl. Draftcountdown.com is a place to be for Shane, for me. Good night, everybody.